Hi, I'm Greg. And I'm Leanne. Welcome to Empowered Now. Where we save humanity one one relationship relationship at a time. time. We all struggle from time to time connecting with and understanding others and ourselves. So we hope to encourage you to live a more authentic and empowered life by sharing what we've learned as coaches and as individuals. Empowered Now is LGBTQ2IA alternative lifestyle, poly and kink friendly. Thanks for joining us and And enjoy enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of Empowered Now. Today, we're going to talk about all things related to compersion. Compersion is a relatively new word. I didn't hear about it actually until I think sometime last year. And compersion basically is the idea that you derive a sense of happiness from your partner receiving pleasure or happiness from somebody else that's not you. And according to the research that I've done, what? You're going to say something, aren't you? I was. I was going to add something. Okay, go um, ahead. It, ha- it, it has to do, I think, in particular with intimacy and sexuality. Yes. Yeah. Intimacy, sexuality, love. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. And from what I can tell, uh, the research that I did, um, the word was coined in or around 1985 by members of the Carista Commune in San Francisco, who were a polyfidelis, potty, potty? They were potty <laughs> trained, which is important. They were polyfidelis, fidelia, I can't say the word, fuck it. Polyfidelitus? Po- there, they were polyfidelitists. And uh, I don't know why that matters, but they were a poly community, essentially. They were looking for a term that they could use to describe these feelings, these warm, happy, fuzzy feelings that they get when their partners are falling in love with somebody else or receiving pleasure of an intimate or romantic nature from somebody else. So that's essentially where the word came from. Yay. Thank you. And so the question is, is why are we, why are we doing an episode on this? Right? So. Because it is a constant dialogue in the poly community with our clients and within the poly support groups that we're part of about what it is, what it's not, do I need it, et cetera. So we're gonna go through a bunch of the statements and questions that we've encountered and just kind of debunk or discuss as needed. And uh, yeah, that's our approach. Yeah, for sure, just sort of riff on them. Riffing, we're riffing. So, So the idea of feeling that, that, beautiful, warm, fuzzy feeling, that happiness for another uh, is not unusual when we think about other relationships, right? When we think about family members, we watch our kids, our parents having a good time, posting about things they enjoyed, et cetera, et cetera. Those relationships, even when they fall in love, we're happy for them. We're, we're, we're joyful. We share in that joy, right? So it's strange that there is this real sense of um, mononormative programming, right? That comes up when we're talking about feeling that same way for others that are our partners and their partners or Mm -hmm. their connections that they're having, right? Mm -hmm. Might not even be a partner. It might just be a sexual experience that they really liked and it was a you know, a one-time thing. That's fine. A lot of people experience compersion with that. And then there's loads of us that struggle and don't, or do sometimes and don't sometimes. Something actually just popped up into my head. Can I share it? 
Absolutely. When you talk about the idea of compersion and feeling a sense of love or happiness for your partner um, in an intimate or sexual romantic situation, it's important to understand and distinguish compersion and fetishizing, right? So this Good isn't point. this this isn't fetishizing somebody else's relationship. This isn't this isn't about you know deriving simply just sexual pleasure from the idea of your partner having sex with somebody else. This is a much broader scope. This is this involves feelings. It involves you know romance. It involves different levels of intimacy and stuff. So it's not just a fetishization of a sexual act that your partner is performing with somebody else. That's a very different thing. And we're not saying it's good or bad, or we're not trying to compare the two. It's just they're different. At least in my experience, anyway, they've been different. Thank you for explaining that. That's a very good point. Mm -hmm. So yeah, sure. So I guess. One of the things that comes up a lot for me, especially with my clients, is this idea that they feel some level of guilt when they start feeling this compersion. And this happens especially with people that are either new to poly or they've been in long-term monogamous relationships prior to being in a poly relationship um, or non-monogamous relationship. It doesn't just have to be poly, but some, some semblance of non-monogamy. And so this, these feeling, and this has happened to me too. It happened recently with you and one of your partners and, and somebody you were seeing. I found myself feeling this, I, this compersion and then I felt guilty for it. Well, I felt like in order for me to really prove and show my love to you, I had to be in pain or suffering and that you had to see that suffering to know that that was actually what was happening. And Where did and you like, learn that? Where did I learn it? Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere. Uh, from a... From a from from the majority of my adult life spent in mono relationships and right um, I mean all sorts of places probably all the places that we've all learned from movies from books from everywhere it's it's all around us and so I, I had these feelings of guilt that I struggled with while I was feeling this compersion for your happiness being in a relationship with somebody else so the question would pop up in my head do I really care about this person um, if, if I'm not feeling these, these negative, these uncomfortable or these negative life protecting feelings like jealousy and anger and, and resentment and, and sadness, you know, and loss and things like that, because I wasn't feeling any of that. And so I was like, mm -hmm. am I dead inside now? <laughs> like, but, but interestingly enough, it was very uncomfortable for me to step into the feelings of happiness and joy and peace that it brought me seeing you be happy with somebody else. Wow. Thanks for sharing. I did not know that. You know, and the thing is, is that the, the programming is strong. It's everywhere, like you said. And we have to remember that as people who are stepping outside the norm of, of our culture and, and what people generally see as healthy relationships, we kind of have to pave that path and create almost like, <laughs> almost like new neural um, synapses mm -hmm. in our brains we have well, to rewire our thinking to be able to cope with hey i actually am not feeling angry jealous betrayed here right i i often refer to that process because we talk about trains of thought right so yeah this train of thought i often refer to that as jumping the tracks i love that <laughs> Because with my clients, when I'm, when I'm talking to them and they're going down these trains, they have these trains of thought and they're obsessing over it or it's getting in the way of them opening up and expanding into their authenticity. 
I'll suggest to them, let's take a look at how we can jump the tracks on that and create new pathways, new neural pathways, right? And so one of the things that we can do is, is start to, to get mindful and aware of why we're feeling what we're feeling. So, you know, where's it coming from? What's the original thought, right? And what's the original trauma underneath it all? Mm-hmm. So we're, we're literally jumping, jumping the track. We're going from one train of thought to another. We're creating a new train of thought. So that, yeah, so that's just something to, to consider when you're thinking about these kinds of things and you're struggling with this idea that you should, quote unquote, you're shitting all over yourself, feel mm-hmm. a certain way about your partners, but you actually don't. You feel a different mm-hmm. way. And in this case, you feel, in a, you, feel, you feel happy, but that happiness isn't necessarily comfortable. Mm-hmm. Well, and it could go the other way too, right? Where you're, you want to feel compersion, but you don't. Right. And we get that a lot too. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, and that leads to that whole thing about, you know, am I doing poly wrong? Oh my God. Yeah. A lot of, I, I, a lot of the dialogue sorry. is around what? Sorry, no, though, the, I just realized that I rolled my eyes and said, oh my God, that was not directed at people who asked that question <laughs> by any means. I want that to be clear and don't edit this out either, because I think this is important. I'm rolling my eyes and saying what I'm and, and, and oh my Godding it, because I've heard that so many times from people who say that if you're not doing it this way, you're not doing poly right. And that's where that frustration comes from. It's because there is no right or wrong way to do poly other than making sure that you're ethical and transparent and, and, and consensual about it along the way, mm-hmm. right? And so not having compersion doesn't mean that you're not doing something or doing poly right. So I just wanted to be clear about that. Go ahead. Well, and further to that, like a lot of people talk about how it's a goal. It's that like, it is the goal, right? Right, right. Like if you're doing the work mm-hmm. well enough, <laughs> you'll get to compersion. Right. Oh, what do you say to that? Well, what I say to that is bullshit. <laughs> In a word. Fair. Fair. In a word. It's right up there with the idea of self-love. You have to love yourself before you can love somebody else. Emotions come and go. When this is another piece that we were going to talk about is, is you can feel compersion for one partner and not for another. Mm-hmm. right and so it's it, 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 to me it's not the goal to me the goal is the journey to me the goal quote unquote of being poly isn't to feel compersion to me the goal is to be mm-hmm. authentic to myself and as part of being authentic to myself yes. that means that i'm not always going to feel compersion so and you have no obligation to anyone including your partner to pretend that you're feeling compersion Right. That's another piece of authenticity. I think a lot of people in poly really struggle with is that they want to present well and they want to help their partner enjoy their dates and all of that stuff. And yes, there is management to be done on a personal level of our emotional reactions so that we're not like, you know, crying at the door as they leave. <laughs> right. But to, to honestly step into that space and go, if asked, or, you know, even if you have a disclosure agreement with your partner with where they do want to know where, how you're feeling, you can just say, I'm struggling today. I know you're going on a date. I'm feeling a little weird, you know, just letting you know. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do anything differently. You're not doing anything wrong. I just wanted you to know how I was feeling. And making it sort of a rational statement rather than an emotional reaction. Mm-hmm which gives it voice and gives you a, a little bit of self-advocacy so that your inner self hears you expressing and that's good. Um, and you don't feel like you're repressing, which is what happens when we decide, hey, we're gonna put on a happy face and, and fake it till we make it, right? Mm-hmm. 
there may be some situations where that's appropriate, like maybe there's a big event or something. And, you know, if you were to express right before the big event, it might throw off your, your partner's concentration if they're hosting or if they're, you know, participating in some way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it might be worthwhile to kind of like not express until after the event or after the date, right? Um, mm -hmm. And if you know your partner well enough, you can probably suss that out a little bit, but you know, it's always worth checking in. What's your preference? You know, don't ask this right before the date though. <laughs> ask this when you're doing your weekly check-in. What's your preference? If I'm struggling, do you wanna know? Even mm -hmm. if it's right before your date, right? Or would you rather I wait and, and we can talk about it and debrief later? Right. And the other piece to that is that it might change while they're away on the date. You might get engrossed in something that you really enjoy and or go on a date yourself or see somebody who you care about or talk to them on the phone and feel great. And then suddenly, you know, they're back home again and you realize it was a moment. <laughs> you were having a moment. It wasn't really a reaction. Right. Right. One of the other questions that we get actually is how do I get more compersion? Well, actually, you know, there, there are some things that you can do to practice compersion, right? Well, that's why I bring it up, because I think one of those things that you can do is continue to step into that transparent and honest communication with your partners. Mm -hmm. So that's why I brought it up here is because I think it's a really good segue from one to the other. Mm -hmm. So you were saying? Well, yeah. And also, you know, recognize your conversion for other relationships. Like... If you're talking to, you know, your child about something that they're really happy about and it makes you feel happy to recognize that, oh, this is compersion. I'm feeling compersion right now. And it, it reminds your brain and your nervous system that it's a skill that you have inherently. It's just that for some reason, when it comes to intimate romantic relationships, sexual relationships, we feel more threatened by it. Absolutely. Yes. And so that compersion is harder to come by and may never happen. And so that's important yeah. too. So those people that ask, how do I get more compersion or how do I get it? You might never have it. It might never be a part of your lexicon of emotions. And that's mm -hmm. perfectly okay. I mean, there's no wrong or right here. So it's mm -hmm. really, I think driving that point home is really, really important because I think we hear a lot of people, a lot of clients that are feeling bad about themselves or guilty because they don't feel it it's like it's not a requirement in my opinion making it a goal feels unhealthy it's like Absolutely. it's like it's, it's like it's like saying that um you know that my goal in life is to be happy all the time that's just it's impossible you can't do it mm -hmm. i mean unless you're severely medicated maybe but you know or stoned all the time but even then you're still not happy because the stoning the, the, the stoning the high doesn't last all the time right you've got to go get more so it's it's right. an unreasonable expectation to have of yourself to want mm -hmm. to want to feel compersion all of the time as you say it's a bonus if it happens and for those that do feel it i i think it's beautiful and wonderful if you don't struggle with jealousy and compersion is your sort of status go-to i think that's great but not all of mm -hmm. us feel that. And we don't all feel that way about all of our relationships either. Well, and some liken it to a path of growth. Like, you know, I was saying earlier, if you've done the work enough, you'll get there, which I think is a kind of, it's a pulling a status card almost like I have compersion. Therefore, 
you know, I'm more evolved <laughs> in my relationships. They're healthier than yours. So, so really what you're saying, what they're saying in that situation, frankly, is, is that they're better than you or they've, you know, they, they're farther along in their journey than you are. And again, I'm going to use bullshit. <laughs> Our journeys are different. There's no, the minute that we step into a comparative mindset is the minute that we're far, the farthest away we can be from compersion. Mm. So those people that are saying, I feel compersion because I've done all of this work. Maybe, maybe I'd invite you to do some a bit more investigating in terms of what the intention behind a statement like that would be. What are you trying to say? Um, especially if you're using it as a way to compare yourself to other people. Um, mm -hmm. Because I don't know, maybe it's just me, but if I'm in a comparison mode, I'm not really feeling good about myself or the people that I'm comparing myself to. I'm trying to reach something that I don't have as of yet. And according to Buddhist philosophy, you know, the, 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 the way to enlightenment is now it's here in this moment. It's inside you. It's what you have. It's what you bring to the table. It's not something in the future. It's not some goal or something. It's this moment here and now. So the question is, is that if we're being comparative about it or if we're using it as a status symbol or if we're using it to brag or flex, I love that phrase, to flex, then why? Get curious right. about that. Take a look at what that's what that's doing for you and how that's serving you. Yeah, and so I have even heard some people using compersion as sort of part of their checklist for potential partners, where it's like, oh, are you able to feel compersion? No, well then I can't date you. Right, and so what comes up for me immediately, actually, that's interesting is my answer. If you were to ask me, or a potential partner were to ask me that question, my answer would be yes. I'm able to feel compersion. So I, I would meet that checklist. The question isn't, do you not feel jealousy? The question is, is that are you able, because we're all able to feel everything or anything that we want to. So uh, the, loophole, the loophole there is yes. The answer is yes. I'm able to feel compersion. I feel compersion with you in some of your relationships. In some of them, I haven't. Yeah. And I and have too. And relationships with other people. I haven't felt, I've felt compersion and I haven't. So it's not this, I'm sorry, but for me personally, it's not this status that I need or want to reach. It's not something that I, I feel compelled to want to, it's not like a mountain that I want to climb. It's either there or it's not. And if it's not there, then I'm going to get curious about what's coming out for me and why it's not there. And I'm going to use it as I would use any emotion as an opportunity to investigate what's underneath the hood. Mm -hmm. So yeah, my answer would be yes. So please ask me that question all day. If, that, if that's part of your checklist or your litmus test about how good I am at polying, then fuck yes, I pass. <laughs> and everybody passes because they, everybody. Do have the, Absolutely. they have the capability of feeling it, even if they haven't felt it before. Absolutely. Everybody passes. And for me, it popped up in really weird ways, like in unexpected times and in unexpected places. So it wasn't even predictable. Honestly, for me, I'm sure it had to do with how stressed I was, how well rested I was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, did I have other worries on my mind? Because all, all of those things make me susceptible to negative thinking. Mm -hmm. And as I came into these compersive moments, I don't know, is that, is that a word too? Compersive? New word. Uh, I don't know. It's probably out there. 
as I experienced them, I was thinking, this is a good day. This is a strong day. I feel strong today. Mm-hmm. When I'm in my power, there's very little that I feel troubled by from outside sources. Mm-hmm. You know, For sure. if you are having a good time doing your thing and it's not with me and I'm having a powerful day, fabulous, great, mm-hmm. enjoy. And I'm going to be over here doing something else that I enjoy or I need to get done or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if I'm not in my power, oh, <laughs> it's the opposite. It's, it's like, you know, oh, this is like brutal. It's a struggle for me. And I have, I have quite a few days where I'm not in my power, partly to do with my chronic conditions and partly to do with just the stress of life. Mm-hmm. I wonder if some of that can be attributed to some of some of the the days when you're in your power can be attributed to how your partner in this case me um is showing up for you in the way of reassurances and stuff too right 100 percent. yes R- right yes watch our episode on co- the compassionate partner <laughs> it is really important to see your partner responding to you, interested in you, reassuring you, connecting with you on a regular basis. And when that's absent, for me, that that ties into feeling less than appreciated, less than wanted, less than engaged with someone I love. And that's, you know, going to turn me towards the sadder thoughts, the darker side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Showing up for your partner is critical in helping them feel like compersion is possible. Right. Even when they're struggling, showing up for them, even when they're struggling, that's the other piece, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, and I think that's important. I think, you know, we don't live in a bubble um, as much as we'd like to think. And we are absolutely 100% responsible for our own feelings. And I I don't believe that people make me feel anything. Um, I believe that our actions have impact on other people. Um, We need to be mindful and aware of them and take responsibility for that. But I don't believe that we can make anyone feel something. So having said that, I think that goes both ways. That's that's both life-giving and life-protecting emotions. And so if you're in a life-giving space and you're feeling compersion for somebody, I'm not making you feel that way. But what I might be doing is supporting you, giving you reassurances staying connected to you through quality time, which gives you a better, more secure foundation in our relationship. And then it opens you up to the opportunity of, hey, this guy's really fucking awesome. And I want him to be happy, even if that means that I'm not involved in that happiness. Yes. So I think compersion isn't just about how you feel about somebody else, but it's also about how somebody else feels about you, you know? Mm. And yeah. And, you know, I love that. Thanks. Uh, Good insight. I, thank you. I just fell out of my mouth, really. Like literally. As all things do. <laughs> yeah, they, they all do, really. Um, I, but I've known people that have said that they never feel jealousy. Mm-hmm. And there was a time in my life where I didn't feel jealousy in my, my relationships and my partners. And that was great. That was fun. I, I, that was before the days of knowing what compersion was and hearing about the word. But there was a time in my life where I felt that way and it was wonderful and fun. 
but there was times when I didn't feel that way, you know? And so, uh, you know, uh, one of the questions too is, is that, so if, if you experience jealousy, does that mean that you're not happy with your partner? Um, and that leads to this idea, I think for me, that, and, and I'd be interested in your thoughts on this as well, of course, is that you can feel jealous and you can feel compersion at the same time. Mm-hmm. You can feel both of those feelings, right? It's called, right. The, the term is dialectical, right? You can have two seemingly opposing emotions occurring at the same time. You can feel jealous and you can also feel happy that somebody else is receiving pleasure. Yes, that's been my experience as well. And recognizing too that some of that jealousy may be the programming the mononormative thinking that we are exposed to every single day of our lives and every song and movie and book that we ever read but it could also be a warning light a red flag Mm -hmm. something to look at that's real right you know um and we can have those two feelings and then say okay let's let's investigate this jealousy i think you were saying that early earlier get curious about it and if there is something that's going on for you, have a, have a discussion, bring it to the table. Mm-hmm. If for example, you were going on a date with somebody and went to an event that I had wanted to go to, maybe I had expressed it uh, in an incomplete fashion or maybe I hadn't even said it yet. And then I heard, oh, hey, you're going with so-and-so to this thing and I wanted to go, oh no, you know, that's actually more envy than jealousy, but there's still some, you know, there's something to talk about there and to look at. So if I have an attachment to a a place, an event, an activity, and I want to spend time doing that with you and I don't say anything, how are you to know (laughs) if you're not, you know? This isn't, right. this isn't helping the situation by not expressing it or by making assumptions. They should know that that's something that I would enjoy. Right. And also it's, you're feeling compersion because you're happy that I'm doing this thing with the person. Hmm. And you're also feeling jealous because you're, I'm not doing it with you. Right. So I may not have known that you wanted to do it. Yeah. Right. Never even occurred yeah. to me. So you're feeling both of those, you're like, oh my God, I'm so excited that they're doing that together. And, and that, you know, my partner is, is happy and this is something I know he's wanted to do forever and da, 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 da. And I'm a little envious and jealous because I wouldn't, I wanted to be the person to do that with him. Mm-hmm. So then you get curious about what it is that you need to, to look at in terms of, you know, what's this need for me to feel special and, you know, where's the envy or the jealousy coming from, et cetera, et cetera. So so yeah, right. so, the, so the answer to the question is, is that absolutely you can feel both. And often we do. Mm-hmm. Or we don't even recognize that the conversion is happening. Like you didn't, you were like, am I dead inside? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Well, but, but that's important to understand because, because, you know, I always say when it comes to emotions that it's not always obvious what's comfortable and what's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And conversion sometimes feels uncomfortable to me. Because I'm just not fucking used to it, you know, and I don't know how, I, like I said before, I, I don't want to, I don't want to beat that particular horse to death. But like I said before, it's one of those things that it's like, if you're not used to the feeling, it can feel awkward and uncomfortable for you. But that's okay. That's perfectly okay. There's also the, the neutral zone. 
right somewhere you know, in between somewhere right? in between you're kind of you know not really happy and you're not jealous right. you're just kind of like oh that's happening would you say that that's numb well, it could be for me it's not do people dissociate from that then is that what happens there i yeah i would i would suspect for some people it could be a shutting down of feelings rather than an engaging with their feelings or acknowledging their feelings, right? Right. But for me, it's not. For me, it's that neutral place of, oh yeah, that's happening. Okay. I don't really have an emotional attachment to it one way or the other. And I don't feel numbed. I feel still connected and aware and Would you say connected you, to you. It's a calm feeling, peaceful? I, I wouldn't give it as much weight as peaceful. Um, and maybe more content, content or accepting, yeah. accepting. Okay, cool. You know, cool. yeah. Cool. It's a state of acceptance rather than a state where I'm pushing against it or I'm really embracing it. Yeah. Right. And so further to that, would we, would we say that that's okay? Yeah. Why? Because everything's on a spectrum, <laughs> or, right. you know, and we are, we're moving on that line all the time. And we might, but, that might change from minute to minute. It might change from partner to partner or situation to situation, day to date. <laughs> does it, does it mean that you don't care though? Gosh, no. I, I feel like if you're in the neutral zone, you're, you're closer to compersion than you were when you were feeling jealous and envious. And so it's, it's less taxing on the nervous system that state of acceptance is more manageable and yeah and it allows you to to function without having to address all of that right or unpack it um it's also a sign maybe that it's not about the relationship needing work your relationship with your partner needing work like you use the analogy often of emotions are the lights on a dashboard giving us information Mm -hmm. And that we need to investigate what's under the hood. Yep. And if there is something to attend to, attend to it, right? And sometimes there's not. <laughs> it's just a light. <laughs> sometimes. Well, but but really, sometimes, though, I mean, so what comes up for me when I hear you say that is a, another of my favorite analogies, which is this idea of being in the raging river of distress, right? So if, mm -hmm. you're, if you're feeling like severe levels of jealousy and you find yourself in the raging river of distress, on one particular instance and then the next time it that something similar happens and you find yourself in this as you call it neutral zone i wonder if that's because you've done some work mm, yeah and you're maybe. And, and you're and you're no longer standing in the raging river of distress but you're actually using the work and the tools that you've developed to build that bridge so that you can stand over and be able to look at the raging river as opposed to actually being in it Mm -hmm. right there's also there's also a school of thought about sort of you know getting used to it right yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> we're just getting used to it it's more normalized right and when we're pushing back against like a lifetime of what we thought was normal mm -hmm. and suddenly it feels abnormal mm -hmm. and and part of us is stepping up into that place of you should feel, you should feel, you should feel upset. You should feel angry. You should feel jealous. Right. This person yeah. is going to steal your mate from you. He doesn't love you. He's not coming home. <laughs> yeah. Shooting all over you know? yourself. Oh my God. It just gets, it's, it's a spiral. 
Right. And so maybe you did something that broke the spiral. Maybe mm -hmm. when they came home, your nervous system relaxed and went, oh, wow, he came home. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, that's that happens. I mean, yeah, that really does. Right. That object permanence piece. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because really, we're all just infants. Yeah. <laughs> we're crying well, because uh, our according... caregiver left the room. According to the movie Wisdom of Trauma, that's true. We yeah. we really we really most of our trauma originates in 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 unmet needs as as children. So, and I personally, that's my story. So, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if if maybe we could talk a bit about where, like everything, like every emotion, I suppose, compersion is impacted by certain things in our life. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's impacted by our past experiences. It's impacted by the trauma. It's also impacted by our attachment styles and the behavior within the relationship, as we kind of touched on earlier with reassurances and needs being met and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm wondering maybe if you want to, maybe we could, you know, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I, you pointed out uh, when we were making the notes for this podcast, you pointed out that, that that felt obvious to you that there was, I mean, everything is impacted by those same, uh, you know, aspects of our experiences and lives and our personalities so it remains true here mm -hmm. and i would say relationships are where we intentionally engage and i guess it could it could be in, unintentional as well but where we engage in order to experience another so that's the that's the intention of a relationship if we're choosing the relationship, if it already exists, like a family member, um, we still have a choice about how much we want to engage with that person. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, sometimes we don't have a choice. <laughs> and when we are looking at emotional reactions to relationships, we can't divorce ourselves from our past experiences, trauma, and attachment styles. It's, you know, and we can't we can't forget to look at the behavior of the other and their attachment style experience and trauma. So <laughs> as we're navigating our emotional reactions, part of it could be we need to consider what is the motivation of the behavior? Is it to hurt us intentionally? Is it to get their own needs met? Is it to address something that they're working on not to excuse all behavior but sometimes people get very judgy about other people's behavior they're not super aware of what their story might be what they're bringing to the table or what they're dealing with within the relationship dynamic you know mm -hmm. and so the stories around you know these feelings of jealousy and envy versus the stories around the feelings of compersion are all severely <laughs> impacted by those things and we cannot dismiss them and when we do dismiss them i think it's harmful mm -hmm. there's other there's other things to consider too like are we dealing with a person with mental health issues are we dealing with somebody who has um is neurodivergent or has cognitive uh function delays, cognitive function delays, or other conditions that impact relationships like ADHD. 
uh, we just, there's so many things that somebody brings to the table that we cannot just dismiss that and condemn behavior. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So, yeah, it does. So you're saying that, that everything that we do in life and everything that we feel and how we interact um, is, is in a lot of ways impacted by, by our lived experiences. And so we're, mm -hmm. we're, we're looking at our own perceptions of things. We're, sorry, we're looking through our own lens yes. and we're perceiving things. So compersion might come easily to some people. It might come challenging to other people and it might not come at all, right? right. And so wherever you fall on that spectrum, just know that it's okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, ultimately, I feel like I say that a lot. Um, oh, I think that's part of our message though, isn't it? It's well, it's part of my message. Absolutely, it's, it's definitely part up. of the message. Is that is that these these feelings, which compersion is is one of them. It's it's a feeling, is is perfectly okay. It's okay to have it, and it's okay not to have it. It's okay to have it in small degrees, and it's okay to have it in large degrees. Um, mm -hmm. I know people that that feel compersion for everybody, all their partners, and they don't really feel jealousy. And that's the other thing too. Is there's a there's a that actually leads me to another point. There's a, there's been some debate in the poly community about whether, you know, is, is compersion the opposite of jealousy? And when I saw that, I was like immediately think, yeah, it is the opposite of jealousy. Um, I, and I'm wondering, what do you think? Do you think it's the opposite of jealousy? I'm going to say no, because you can have them simultaneously. And if they were opposites, I feel like they would cancel each other out essentially even though I know that that's not how emotional life works. <laughs> but I feel that these are two different experiences. And like you just said, and we were just exploring, your lens and your perception matters so much in how you receive information that is, that is challenging to you, right? or whether you even see the information as challenging to you. Mm -hmm. So you could have two people who are raised by the same parents, have essentially the same schooling opportunities, same income available to them throughout their life, same amount of education, all the things on the paper look the same, but their perception of things is entirely different. One of them feels very successful. The other one feels like a failure. Why? Maybe it comes down to how much they were held as a baby. You know, it really, it, <laughs> we don't know all the uh, parts of, of someone's experience. They don't even know. <laughs> we, can't, we can't retain it all, but our lens is our lens. And then when you add to that, that that jealousy and compersion can cohabitate in the, in the heart. To me, that feels like maybe they're more about perception than they are about what's actually happening. And we can perceive parts of the event as something positive, and we can see parts of the event as something threatening. Mm -hmm. Just like our example earlier of, you know, you going to, let's say some, some, show that you wanted to see with somebody else that I also wanted to see, right? And I feel the jealousy piece and I feel the envy piece and I feel the compersion piece. It's mm -hmm. all in there. And I feel like 
for me, they're more like I'm looking through my lens at the information and seeing the, the different pieces of information mm-hmm. and receiving them as positive or negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. That makes that's sense. Brilliant. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. It's brilliant. Oh, good. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant um, darling. <laughs> yeah, no, that's brilliant. That's fucking brilliant. That's one of the many reasons that I love you. So thank you for that. Aww. Thank you for that. Um, and I do agree with you. I, I think that we can feel both at the same time. I don't think they're opposites of each other. I think they're, they're of the same family. Um, and that is, is they're part of our emotional life. And so everything that we feel is okay. Everything that we don't feel that somebody else might be feeling is okay. Right? It's, it's what yes. we do with those emotions that becomes damaging and hurtful or can be you know, bring us great joy and empowerment and, and whatnot. Right. So that's really where, where it comes from. That's really what counts here. So learning to manage your jealousy and envy is possible. It is completely 100% possible. And I encourage you to reach out if you need help doing that. Mm -hmm. Either one of us can help you with that. That's what we do. The, The key to that is like, you know, I've been in and out of this lifestyle for 30 years and I still feel jealousy and I know how to manage it now Mm -hmm. much more effectively than I used to, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which, you know, at some points was just really not managing it at all. Just having a panic attack, but (laughs) (laughs) understanding your, your emotional life and managing it is key to feeling empowered because you're not going to get rid of the emotions right. necessarily. Right. You might be able to control them and you might be able to bring awareness to them and manage them, as you said, but they might not go away completely. Yeah. Um, and I think sort of maybe we could use this as the sort of last thing to consider too. I think with compersion, it's something that we need to manage as well. Mm-hmm. Because if we're the type of person that feels compersion for everybody, and we're with someone or we're partnered with someone who struggles with compersion and we're over here waving the compersion flag all the fucking time. That could feel, <laughs> that could feel really frustrating to somebody that could feel in some ways that could possibly bring up feelings of inadequacy. So maybe we want to be mindful of that as well, of when we're talking about these things and holding space for other people, right? It's that yeah. personal responsibility piece and compassionate partner, right? You know, just because mm-hmm. you feel it doesn't mean that the person that you're with is going to feel it. <clears throat> Which also can, if you're, if you're waving the compersion flag, as you said, um, it can also come across as oversharing and over celebrating, mm-hmm. which might appear to the person who is struggling as devaluing because or, they're not there yet. Right, or minimizing their experience in some way. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think to wrap it up, that's a really good point. Thank you. Um, I think to wrap it up, whatever you're feeling is okay. Compersion isn't a requirement. It isn't a necessity to be poly. Um, it's, uh, it's nice to have. I mean, because it feels good, right? You might not always feel comfortable, but it feels good. And so just be aware that if it's coming up for you or if it's not coming up for you, that's perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. And it applies to your consensually non-monogamous folks as well. 
Mm-hmm. Wherever you fall on the CNM, ENM spectrum, consensual non-monogamy, ethical non-monogamy spectrum, there's possibilities that you could feel it or not feel it. It's not a requirement by any means. That's fantastic. Yeah, you did fantastic. So did you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we enjoyed this. <laughs> yeah, we enjoyed this. I learned some things about you, which is always lovely. Right, and I, and I learned things about you, which is always wonderful. Mm-hmm. We better close this out before we get too mushy for the audience. Oh, like, I know. Get a room. Oh, it's getting gross in here. <laughs> yeah. Or they might be All feeling right. compersion for us. <laughs> they might be feeling compersion for us. I hope so. But Thank if you. not, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right. And remember choose love and keep it kind. love to hear your comments questions or topic suggestions and remember to subscribe and you're invited to join our facebook group empowered now relationship support and advice for all you can reach out to us on our websites at gregmillion.com and leannemillion.com or follow us on instagram at gregmillion.lifecoach and at leannemillion hello did you miss me? I did. Oh, miss me. I cannot hear you, so I don't know what you said, but it looked nice. <laughs> What's that face about? Trying to look nice. Oh, that was it, eh? That's, That's it. what you got? That's what happens when I try. Oh, shit. Right? That's why I don't try. Maybe try less. <laughs> or not at all. Ethical non-monogamy or consensual non-monogamy spectrum. Um, compersion can definitely um, brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. We're fucking weird. If you're jealous of us, it's fine. <laughs> I'm jealous of us. <laughs> I love you. Do you, ever, do you ever, wait, do you ever get jealous of your like online presence self? Oh, Because that yeah. self really... Like she does yoga. <laughs> <laughs> He's built like a brick shit house. And yeah, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And you know, like if I could be that online person all the time, I think my life would be so much better. Well, don't tell anybody this, but that's my goal. That's my mountain to climb. To be your online personality? Yeah, totally. <laughs> to embody that? To embody it. Literally. <laughs> You're so fucking cute. You are. Thank you. I love you. I love you. Bye. Bye. See you in like three seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs>